Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Joining us right now is Charlie Batch, former NFL quarterback, former Steelers quarterback, now with the Steelers Radio Network and has the best of the Batch Foundation. He just had his In the Pocket event, which to this day has still been the most fun I've ever had at a charity event. Does great work with Best of the Batch Foundation. You can follow them on Twitter at Best of the Batch. Charlie, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm good. Good morning to you, fellas. So the offense finally figured it out last night on a short week. Why was this the week that everything clicked? <laughs> I guess I don't know, but, I, I mean, this is exactly what we were hoping to see as the year went on. I mean, this is a team who have been able to move the ball 20-20, to 20, but when they got to the red zone second to last and everyone was scratching their head and figure out why, but it was good to see them get some touchdowns this week and, and put 40 points, really 30 points first time this year, obviously for 30 points, and they finished the game with 40, so it was really good to see. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, he, he says he's made quit. He, he's contemplating retirement. He comes back. He said, maybe I'm not good enough for this game. And then last night he takes the media to task. Of course, not the local media, the guys on the national scene. Is he a drama queen? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean – it's amazing how the story blew up because, yeah, he said, maybe I don't have it anymore, but he didn't start the interview that way. And then mm-hmm. everyone ran with that okay. uh, around the country. He, he accepted responsibility. He said, listen, I can't turn the football over as the interview went on. Then he said, well, guys, I'm, I'm you know, in, in kind of, you know, silly fashion like he is. He says, well, maybe I don't have it anymore. And people just took mm-hmm. off with it. So okay. um, that, that, that's the way that all, that all played out. But I think when you look to see where uh, Big Ben is at right now, they weren't able to click on passes down the field. And that was something that was, um, you know, that was kind of, I wouldn't say, it was, you, you scratching your head because of the expectations coming out of Latrobe when they left training camp. This is a, everyone was talking 30 points a game, 40 points a game, possibly. But now you're starting to see that. And if people were questioning and saying, well, Big Ben was the problem, he, if he fixes it, man, this is a team that's capable of winning the Super Bowl. Charlie, I like Ben. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. What he's done in this his career, I think, has actually been underrated. But he created all this stuff, and and I can't make excuses for him or say it's the media's fault because he said on ninety three seven the fan that he wanted to maybe retire. He had to think about that. He started that story, and then he's also Ben Roethlisberger. And no matter what point in that interview, he says maybe I don't have it anymore. He's got to understand that people are going to take that. I mean, how many years has he been in the league? where you say that at any point of the interview, he's got to know better. I mean, there's other guys that handle the media better. He creates these situations more than he needs to and then points the finger afterwards. I mean, that that type of stuff won't stop, and it's unfortunate because I think it takes away from some of his greatness at times. Well, I, I think, and I agree with you there. I mean, he's guilty by association because of some of the issues that he had or created in the past. So people didn't allow that or any of those comments that he made you know, and give him a pass. They did, they did not do that. So I think when you look back early on, 
uh, beginning of the year or after last year when he made the retirement comments, I think he was serious. Anytime that you get up there in double-digit years, you have to start thinking about some of those things. Not necessarily saying you're going to do it, but those things start to creep in because of how, of how your body is feeling at that particular moment. And they caught him out of emotional state. He just lost the AFC Championship game, so of course that's going to play into it. But the way that this team is right now, they're solid. They know that the way that they're playing defensively, they are able to create turnover, get the sacks, and get the offense back to football. So I think this is a great combination that you're starting to see. They're able now. You're going to see those wins start to stack up, and everybody's going to start circling the calendar because people are <laughs> waiting to see that New England game in December. <laughs> And we say right now today, we guarantee Pittsburgh will finally beat them. They will lick the Patriots. Let me ask you, I'm going to double up on you here. Martavis Bryant seems like he's in a better place now. Uh, targeted him a couple times last night. And Juju Smith-Schuster, what has made him such a – what has made this such a fluid system and, and for him to just fit in with this team and become – he seems like he's a go-to guy for Ben at times. Oh, you're right. You can see him evolving into that number two receiver. And, you know, Martavis, he really thought that he was going to just pick up where he left off after suspension, and it just Mm -hmm. hasn't happened. So he was frustrated. He wanted to be moved. But they were able to talk him into it and say, listen, guy, we need you on this football team. And it was a hustle play. Antonio Brown fumbled the the ball. Martavis is trying to go down the throwaway block, and there he is in a position to make that turnover right before the half ended. So I think those are small plays that he is going to continue to make, and I think they'll really work Martavis back into this offense, and he's going to be a threat moving forward. Juju on the other side, this is a rookie, exceeded all expectations. This is a guy that they really feel comfortable with. They love his blocking, and that's the one thing that really got him on the field initially because he had to do those small things because you you know you, you just had to figure out a way to get involved in the offense. But now they you see he's scratching that surface. He's no longer playing like a rookie anymore, and he's really contributing to this offense. Gio and Jones with Charlie Batch, former Steelers quarterback, now with the Steelers Radio Network, and check out his foundation at batchfoundation.org. Did you see that Le'Veon Bell cryptic tweet before the game last night? No, I missed it. What did he say? He said, everyone I thought was real turned fake. What I thought was true was all a lie. I can literally trust no human at this point in my life. He tweeted that out about six hours before kickoff yeah. last night. Can't trust you anymore, Charlie. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, I, and I, I work with Brian every day, who's an old school football guy and played in a different time. You know, you sort of experienced both eras of it, where you had, you know, the the early two thousands and then into some of the social media age stuff. I mean, like some of these guys and the stuff that they put out there on social media. Just talked about Martavis Bryant. This whatever this personal issue was, Le'Veon Bell before the game. I mean, do you look at this stuff and say, what is going through these guys' heads? Yeah, I, I, I stopped doing that. I mean, this <laughs> literally, this is, this is generation text right here. Everybody, they, they wear their emotions on the sleeve and every feeling that they have, they tweet it out. And it's unbelievable that they just can't internally handle their issues. And we deal with personal problem before the uh, the game and you air it out. Of course, everybody's going to look at that. I haven't had a chance to talk to Le'Veon yet. I will do so, but you know when you're dealing with stuff like that, it's like, listen, man, just keep that, keep that to yourself. But obviously, he was sending a message, and whatever message that he was looking to send, I'm sure they uh, they saw that tweet. I know you have a good feeling. Everyone surrounding this this organization has a good feeling after the win last night. The offense really taking off. But prior to last night, what was your sense of this version of the Pittsburgh Steelers? 
Well, I think well, my, the expectations, and I spent a lot of time up at training camp with them. I remember coming into it, I really thought that this was a 13-3 and three season. And I really felt that they are capable of going to that AFC championship game. And when you talk talk about that New England game, that's the one that's going to determine whether the AFC championship game is home or away. So they are setting themselves up. They were in position. There was a young team. They're starting to believe that they belong. And I think with that performance last night, this is what you're capable of seeing. And everyone is knocking the defense because they're saying, well, you didn't play quality quarterbacks. Well, you can't control who's on your schedule. So when you go out there and win those games like you're, that you're supposed to, you know, now you start, you know, that's one of those, you know, winning breeds success. And then right now you're starting to see everybody involved and they're confident right now. So I think this is, a, you know, this is a scary team that is, uh, you know, kind of under the radar because you eventually have to knock New England off. But this team, they, they, they're confident and they believe in that, that they belong. And I think that's what you're starting to see. Every Steelers team that has had success and won Super Bowls has always had a nasty defense. Every single one of them, there's always been a big defensive play. Uh, 2008, James Harrison, you know, whatever it is, you go back to the 70s, it's a different era, different world, but still. Is this defense one of those defenses that is capable of being a championship Pittsburgh Steelers-like defense? I, th- I think so, but I-, I think the one thing that I would like to see is that those linebackers still continuously getting after the quarterback. you got to understand the defensive end Cam Hayward is leading this team with sacks. He has seven. Where are your outside linebackers? Where are the pressure that you're putting on that quarterback? So that's going to have to continue because you already know you have problems in your secondary right now. And I say that because you're missing your top corner with Joe Hayden. You won't get him back to the playoffs. So you have to make sure that you're going to cover the back end by putting pressure on the quarterback. And I think that's something that that will have to continue to evolve uh, until they get their guys back. I'm going to have to tell my man, Carnell Lake, you calling out his charges back there, man. That's just wrong. <laughs> well, you know, you know it. I mean, there's, there's not, it's never been a secret. And I think that's something that when you look back on the weakness of that defense, everyone talked about the back end of that. So what the Steelers did to say, okay, if you're gonna, we understand it's a weakness, but we're going to put pressure on a quarterback. And that's why you saw T.J. Watt being drafted in the mm-hmm. first round, Bud Dupree being drafted in the first round. So, they understand where their weaknesses are, but they're not going to let them expose it. And I think that's why you made that move as quickly as they did, right as training camp ended before they ended the regular season by making that move with Joe Hayden because they know now you're capable of bringing Artie Burns along as a second-year corner along with Joe Hayden with that experience on the other side. So, you know, we'll see where it goes. I'm sure that the in-the-pocket event on uh, or it was a few days ago, it was this past weekend, I guess, was uh, a success. It always is. It's so much fun. Well, else does the Batch Foundation have on tap in the future? Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, best of the Batch Foundation. We're, uh, we raise money for – we're an educational foundation. We raise money for our reading computer literacy programs. Last week was fantastic. We had over 500 people raise a ton of money for our uh, reading computer literacy programs. And now as we transition into the holiday season, this is a busy time for us. Over the last 10 years, we collect over 7,000 toys. We adopt close to 150 families, and we actually collect unwrapped toys. We have a big wrapping party, and then we actually, my wife and I actually go out and deliver these toys on Christmas Eve. So it's a very uh, uh, emotional day, you know, fun-filled day, but, you know, obviously being able to put a smile on family spaces during the holiday times when we realize these may be the only toys that they get during the holiday time is really special. So it's a, it's a contribute to um, everyone uh, that's involved with the Best of the Batch Foundation. We have over 400 volunteers. We serve 3,800 kids annually wow. with 13 different programs. So here we are in our 18th year 
with the foundation. So I'm truly humbled by the people who believe in our mission and the people who come out and volunteer. So it's just truly, truly special. And anybody who wants to follow, they actually can go to batchfoundation.org and they can see all of the programs that we do. You are special. That is beautiful, man. You and your wife, everything you're doing there in that community, I commend you. Yeah, absolutely, Charlie. You're a great man, and I love to have you on the show, and I love following what you do there in Pittsburgh. It's great stuff. Thanks for the time this morning. No problem. Thank you. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.